0: Good evening and welcome to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and
1: LPGA players, legends, and top instructors go to share their stories, insights, and playing lessons. Join Chris every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as he talks with the greats of the game. Tonight's show is sponsored by the French Lick Resort, Ben Hogan Golf, the PGA Tour Superstore, Two Wonder, the Salt Creek Golf Retreat, TaylorMade Golf, the Bobby Jones Apparel Company, and Superspeed Golf. Now, here's your host, Chris Mascaro. And, and welcome to a very special Sunday edition of Next on the Tee. I hope it's a beautiful day wherever you're at. And if not, well, I hope we can brighten it up a little bit for you. Today is a special edition because I recently had the privilege of spending some time with Brent Dornford. Brent is the brand manager over at Old Head Golf Links over in Ireland. And folks, if you're not familiar with Old Head Please Google it while you listen to our conversation. I know we just saw the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach and how beautiful that golf course is. And it and it really is. I'm taking nothing away from Pebble Beach. But Old Head might just be the most beautiful golf course in the world. It sits on a peninsula that reaches two miles out and 300 feet above the Atlantic Ocean. Again, over in Ireland now. It's simply an amazing piece of property. Look, you guys know, I've always said Augusta National is the number one course on my bucket list of places that I would love to play one day. St. Andrews being number two, Old Head is now number three on that list with Oakmont and Pebble Beach rounding out my top five. The grandeur of Old Head, from the course layout to the views and the surprisingly great weather, which you're going to hear Brent talk about. Going into the interview, my misconception of it was being, you know, over in Ireland, boy, weather must be a challenge. But you're going to hear Brent talk about how great the weather is over there the vast majority of the time, so much so that they've got palm trees growing on the property. It's simply beautiful, and I think you're going to agree with me that it is one of the top bucket list golf courses that you're going to want to play as well. Folks, as always, thank you so much for being here and checking out the show and taking the journey with me here. Now, here's my conversation with Brent Dornford, brand manager over at Old Head Golf Links. Now joining me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Brent Dornford. Brent is the brand manager at Old Head Golf Links over in Ireland. And folks, if you're not familiar with Old Head, please go online right now to oldhead.com to follow along and look at the amazing piece of property while we're talking about it here. In my opinion, it is the most amazing piece of land, let alone golf course I, I could ever imagine. It's a peninsula stretching two miles out and 300 feet above the Atlantic Ocean with a golf course on it, no less. When I was doing the research, I was blown away by what I was seeing with respect to the course. The tagline on their website, the most breathtaking yards in golf, and I completely agree with that. Prior to his current role, Brent was the key account manager for Bushnell Performance Optics, and I'm honored to have him with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Brent, thanks for coming on the show.
2: Hey Chris, no, it's a pleasure, and uh, yeah, thank you for the nice uh, introduction. Um, yep, certainly we're very privileged to work here, and uh, we've got a beautiful sunny day here right now, so lots of uh, lots of happy uh, members and guests.
1: Yeah, no doubt you do, and, I, and we'll certainly spend a lot of time talking about uh, what you have over there at, at Old Head Brent. But I, I want to start out by first talking a little bit about you and your time in the game of golf. So just from from the beginning, when when did you first start? When was the love affair of golf for you first born?
2: Um, well, it was actually a friend of mine in school whose father was on the uh, the European Tour, a chap called John Morgan, whose son Graham Morgan was in my class um at Caldy Grange Grammar School and uh and it was he who kind of got me hooked. Um I kind of dug out an old seven iron that my father had in the in the shed and uh and the love affair was born really um and stayed with me. I went to study uh, a marketing degree and uh, as a result of that did a did a project with a with a golf company um who were fairly embryonic at the time, hippo Hippo Golf. Um, it was just being born. Actually, I came in as their kind of marketing manager, and we went on to sponsor the likes of John Daly and Ian Woosnam, good drinking partners, both of them. And uh, yeah, we <laughs> became quite a successful uh, global brand. Uh, I ended up looking after the uh, yeah the global distribution for them. So we had uh, yeah we had effective distribution from New Zealand upwards. It was it was fun times.
1: Yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, you, you can't throw that out there about uh, John Daly and Ian Woosnam without, you know, t- taking that a little bit further. So what was it like being around those guys?
2: No, fantastic. Um, both both big-hearted individuals, Um, to be honest. Yeah, I spent a lot of time with um, with both of them, if you like, uh, shooting um, infomercials, um, whether it was at Woosnam's home in Jersey or uh, John Daly's home in Arkansas for the uh, a fond memory is is spending like three days with uh with john and a japanese film crew and uh john would host all of us in the morning making coffees for the whole crew um just yeah sharing sharing some of his uh his stories and uh even playing a bit of music to us in the evenings um yeah no very good guy and certainly helped us uh Spread the word of the uh, yeah the hippo giant driver was something that we had at the time and uh, obviously with his prolific hitting he he helped us uh, get that global yeah good guys and
1: and he also spent some time over with Bushnell how did you go from hippo to Bushnell
2: um, so hippo to Bushnell was uh, yeah Bushnell was actually after working for um, a company Ely Hawk for a number of years um, as well um, time flies by. Um, Ely Hawke were a, a shotgun manufacturer, a traditional um, cartridge supplier, um, globally, again. So I looked after their global distribution, and then uh, an opportunity came up with Bushnell that kind of took me back to my uh, my golfing days. And uh, as you know, they're the, the dominant force in uh, and lasers and um, increasingly GPS. And uh, so, yeah, went to work for them, increased their European business, and then... Um, It's actually my father-in-law was, uh, well, he he built Old Head um, along with his brother. And uh, there came a point where he said, well, you know, enough's enough. We want you kind of uh, coming in here and, uh, and doing some work with Old Head. So I didn't just want to come in here as part of the family. There was an opportunity to kind of grow. Grow the business here um, in terms of the properties, um, which again we can go into. But we're at a particularly exciting point in time now, where we're adding to the clubhouse, creating additional suites. Um, we've purchased a farm just down the road on the headland, where we're going to put some lodges, and also a hotel site in the town of Kinsale. So yeah, it's, it's a very dynamic, dynamic place to be at the moment. So that's my kind of my lot here, as well as the uh, the marketing facet.
1: So when was the first time you saw Old Head, and what was it? What was the reaction the first time you went out and saw the property and what was going on there?
2: Yeah, jaw dropping, <laughs> without a doubt. So it actually opened on the uh, on the first of June. Again, I'll, I'll happily take you into into some yeah. of the history prior to that, Chris. But in terms of my first visit, it opened on the first of June, 1997. Uh, my first visit would have been the following year with my brother um it was a friend from new zealand um back in the uh back in the hippo days he was our distributor and uh, we were talking of cowrie cliffs and uh cape kidnappers where i had been fortunate to go with him and he said uh, you do realize that the most spectacular course in the world even including these two is uh, is actually on your doorstep and i was like what really and he said yeah old old head golf links over in ireland so uh so sure enough, having pointed us in that direction, I said to my brother, "Come on, we need to we need to get on this short flight, um, an hour from London." And uh, and Eric Fazencleret, the man in New Zealand, was exactly right. Yeah, no, it uh, it was incredible, and that was back then. And it's obviously that was when it was a year old and less defined than it is now. But uh, but you could see what it was going to become. Uh, yeah, it, just incredible, Chris, to be honest, and uh, I'm just saying the same words that uh, a lot of people who come and play here for the first time, it's time—it's—it's—it's it's fantastic to see their reaction. You know, we're we obviously are fortunate to deal with a lot of privileged golfers who get to play the, the best courses um, globally, and uh, the consistent message that comes back when they've played here for the first time is that's the... The best, the most spectacular course, the best golf experience I've had, which is yeah, super satisfying.
1: So to your point a moment ago, Brent, talk about the history of Holdhead because it's got a very rich one, complete with castles and moats and drawbridges and drawbridges and everything. I think that we would imagine that uh, would have been going on at a piece of property like that uh, since be really the beginning of recorded time.
2: Absolutely yeah I mean it's an ancient um, headland if you like it's a national monument um in Ireland um it was actually um owned by uh, generations of farmers passed on from son to son um over the over the years uh, it was always private land if you like and um it passed into the hands of Michael Roach um having been through five generations of farmers and he was was the member of the family who finally finally said enough is enough and what am i saying there is that it was a difficult place to farm he had livestock on there and a lot of people were trespassing with their dogs and uh and sadly livestock was kind of going off the edges of the cliffs so it was you know it wasn't commercially viable for him and he was the one who said actually i'm going to put this uh, put this on the market and we'll focus on the rest of the land that we've got Further down, further down nearer to kinsale um believe it or not that it was i mean this is going back to nineteen eighty five he put it he put it on the market and it was actually on the market for for five years and um the O'Connor brothers, John O'Connor and Patrick O'Connor, who were from Kerry. Um, in Ireland and had subsequently moved over to London and become successful property dealers, whilst maintaining their roots in Kerry. Were travelling backwards and forwards, and um, at one of these trips, they actually got fogged in um, to Cork Airport. This was in uh, in 1989, and uh, and rather than go to the local pub, it was uh, it was Patrick who said, "Well, why don't we go and have a look at the uh, the old head that's that's." that's for sale just to just to go and have a look being that it was only 20 miles down the road and um they saw it and um uh, they kind of fell in love with it i think um secretly john o'connor had it in the back of his mind that he wanted to develop a golf course patrick was kind of well you know even if we put somebody on the gate and just Charge people to do this beautiful walk. You know, it's got to be it, it, it's it's viable. You know, it's two hundred thousand punts was the investment. It's incredible, incredible deal. And um, so they they had meetings with uh, with Michael Roach and a property broker Dominic Daly, and uh, yeah, ended up signing contracts shortly after to uh, to acquire um, the old head um, as as a beautiful piece of land.
1: So from there, obviously, a golf course plan, you know, is birth. So, Brent, talk about the, you know, the design team, how, how the whole, you know, layout of the golf course came about and who some of the folks were that were involved in putting the golf course on that piece of property.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. So it came about that they decided uh, they had this mad notion to uh, to build a golf course. Everybody said uh, it's impossible. You're just going to be you're going to be throwing throwing your money down the uh, down the drain. I had an interesting conversation with the lighthouse keeper, um, who 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 was one of the people who agreed that they'd be mad and and but but watched as this thing was born in front of his eyes and it was yeah the the perseverance of uh, and the vision of John O'Connor who sadly passed away it was his vision and determination that was the driving force to uh t- to strike the idea through and it was Patrick who was um and he would admit who was effectively funding it uh, putting the funding behind John's uh, John's vision John would travel the whole world with um an agronomist just picking the the most beautiful plants and and working out what could survive here. Um, In terms of the design team, they had um, Eddie Hackett was one of the first guys. It was actually a collaboration of designers, Chris, who kind of came together. Um, Eddie Hackett, who was involved in the design of the likes of Kahn, and Waterville, um, he was he was one who first put a plan together. Joe Carr, the famous Irish amateur, who'd never actually designed um, a course before, but John O'Connor um, said to him, "Look, Joe, we'd we'd love to have your uh, love to have your input." So he he came into the equation as well. Um, Patrick Merrigan, who was one of the designers of Waterville, along with Eddie Hackett. Was introduced to um, to John by Liam Higgins, who was the pro at uh, at Waterville, and the man who put the uh, the, the final piece together, if you like, um, was a chap Ron Kirby, um, who's the youngest 84-year-old um, I'll ever know. Um, he was Jack Nicholas's right-hand man. He was over here at the time working on, um, of course, Mount Juliet. And uh, and he was introduced the O'Connors, and uh, so it was that collaboration and uh, and forces joining together that uh, that came up with the uh, that came up with the, the the beautiful course that we have in front of us today.
1: And and Brent, one of the things that I find remarkable is something that you were sharing with me off the air, because with a stretch of property that reaches again two miles out into the Atlantic Ocean, it's a it's a peninsula. And you're exposed on all sides to the, you know, to the salt air and to the wind and to the elements. But yet you're saying, you know, I think what all of us would imagine is it's sort of like what you see when we're watching the Open Championship. You never know what kind of weather you're going to get. Oftentimes it's, it's windy and it's rainy and you can see all four seasons in the course of a round of golf. But what you're saying, what you were saying to me is, you know, hey, we get a lot of really nice weather here. Talk about that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we do we do have our fair share of uh, of traditional Irish weather, if you like, that you're familiar with seeing um, on on your screens, and and the same with the the, the Open Championship. You know, we we have our our winds and our rains, but um, the one thing is is that we're actually on the Gulf Stream here, and we've got a little little microclimate. So uh, yeah, people are always uh, surprised to see the likes of palm trees. On the course and, and and along the Irish coast, along the southwest Irish coast, um, we get some stunning stunning weather. Uh, we have super super flat calm days. One of which is uh, is today, and we've got a we've got a spell of uh, a week of it. We had a spell of four weeks of it uh, last summer. Beautiful, stunning, twenty twenty degrees Celsius plus plus weather. We just don't tell too many people about it. Otherwise, everybody would be here. Chris, to be honest, so we kind of give out the uh, we give out the myth that it's always raining and pouring and foggy. But uh, no, no, we 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 get a bit of that for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, we we get some we get some beautiful weather as well.
1: So give me that um, piece. You know, the opposite side of that coin. What what are some of the worst elements that that you've seen or you heard people that uh, actually brave those elements and like I don't care what it's like outside, I'm playing.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're you, you, you're bending forwards into the wind on, on the occasions that it really does kind of catch the headland um, but that makes for a great golf experience as well you know you're kind of battling the elements in a beautiful environment and uh, in a magical place with waves crashing 300 feet below you um, yeah it's it's it makes for a great challenge but then it's it's also fun to play on a benign day um, and we have we have a series of tees as well so if, if it does if the wind does get up then uh, yeah don't Feel guilty about kind of nudging up on one of the uh, one of the kind of slightly slightly shorter kind of tees, if you like. Um, so it's challenging, but it doesn't beat the uh, beat the crap out of you because that's you know that's no fun in golf, as we know. A good story about um, about some of the highest wins that we've had, and and of course if it, if it gets ridiculous. Um, then, then the course is shut. We actually—that's one thing. Actually, Chris is—is is we do shut the course at the end of October um, to the beginning of April, One, um, the days are a lot shorter over here, and two, the weather can get, uh, yeah, pretty pretty adverse, even if Gulf Stream or not. And it, it gives the chance the, the course a chance to rest. Um, our membership is predominantly U.S. based, so uh, you know they'll be playing in in warmer climes at that uh that, that time of year and it gives the the course an opportunity to rest, as I say. But going back to the weather, yeah know we've had some ridiculous weather in that closed season which uh which sees waves crash over the, the kind of thirty meter lighthouse at the end of the peninsula. We had a storm system wow. coming two two years ago where uh, where waves crashed over the uh, over the seventeenth fairway and uh, actually the the following morning the greenkeepers were picking up I think it was circa 60 balls that had been returned from the ocean bed onto the wow. fairway so that's uh, yeah that's pretty extreme <laughs> thankfully we don't get yeah. that in the season nobody's washed away <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure that's good news so to that end, right, and just going, you know, t- sticking with the elements for just a moment longer. But how, you know, in the, where you're at, and all of the elements that you do have to deal with, is it is it difficult keeping the course in great condition? How do you manage to make sure everything is as beautiful as it looks when we're looking at it online?
2: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we've got a team of uh, of twenty greenkeepers, um, headed up by our superintendent Uh-oh. Neil DC, who's just, um, yeah, he's. Incredible individual, and he, he's got a heck of a team working al- alongside him. With five landscapers tending to the to the the beautiful planting that we've got around the uh, the course as well. Um, we've actually got natural wells on the uh, on the course from which we can draw fresh water. Um, so, say in that period that I was talking of before, where the the weather was for a period of five weeks, we had no rain last summer, and a lot of the courses, sadly in Ireland, were were kind of really suffering um because there was yeah there was ban on hose pipes etc but but we were able to draw from our wells and uh, and get out and irrigate the course and and even in that shut period we have that we have the team working on the course as well and and making a few tweaks here and there over the over the period which obviously polishing a diamond effect there's always something we can do there's no radical change that we need to make but um, but whether it's changing a t or this winter period we actually changed the changed the 8th green um again we had uh, Ron Kirby come over as our consultant and we just yeah we just make a few tweaks here and there just to yeah Keep it interesting and uh, and never stop. Always push the boundaries. You know, if there's something that we can improve, we will. But, uh, but we're not going to change for the sake of change.
1: So you mentioned that uh, the predominant members are from uh, the U.S. How many rounds of golf do you guys get played on over there?
2: So capacity, Chris, is um, is 20,000 rounds a year. Um, so it is, I mean, it is a private members club um, with limited outside play, but we do work with a few um, tour operators. And then we open our books for the following season when we shut the course. Um, so from November um, 2018, you could book for this season. And uh, pretty much within a month, we'd we'd sold out um so there's only pockets small pockets of available tea times and it's the same with the sweets that we have on board they're, they're 90% gone before we uh before we open which is uh yeah wow. a, a, a pleasant problem
1: <laughs> no doubt and and Brad some of the videos of old head show people coming over you got helicopters that sort of thing, even though you can't drive to the course. Who are, who are some yes. of the celebrities and folks that you have coming and visiting during the course of the year?
2: Yeah, um, so in um, it was in 19, oh, was it 1998 when we had um, Tiger Woods, um, Phil Mickelson, um, Payne Stewart, very sadly just before he passed, um, David Duvall, Lee Jansen, and Stuart Appleby. Um, they were down in in Waterville and uh, and came in here by uh, by chopper um, and uh, they were all amazed. I mean, it was it was Tiger Woods can be quoted. It's it's in a book that we're just uh, about to publish, saying it was the most amazing golf experience that that he'd had. Um, so that, you know, when we get testimony like that, and that was when the course was only very young, so. Hopefully, it won't be too long until he's back. Maybe when he plays in the uh, the pro am at um, at Adair next year, McManus's, um, maybe he'll come back. Um, outside of that, yeah, we've had um, yeah the likes of Michael Douglas, quite a few film stars, sporting celebrities, um, Michael Jordan, um, lots of kind of premiership soccer players, football we call it over here. <laughs> um yeah there's, there's lots of guys continually coming through. Um, so I imagine I can tell you I can tell you what, what yeah no ton, tons tons of them exactly yeah they would would were, we're lucky and and say um Keith Pelly who who's the head of the European tour is a, a big friend of the course very nice guy Um we like Keith's Excellent. I think he's doing a great job with the European Tour, and he's um, yeah, he's certainly a good friend of Old Head. So he'll, I'm sure he'll bring some of the players in when the um, when the Irish Open is on at Lahinch um, in a month's time, and then of course we've got the Open at um, Portrush as well this year. So I would imagine quite a few of the tour pros will come down and uh, and want to tick the uh, tick their list and uh, and want to play Old Head. Yeah, no. The word so is, the on word on is kind of, of getting out there.
1: Yeah, so on top of all of the celebrities that you've had, I mean, what are some of your favorite stories from things that you've either witnessed or you've heard people talk about with, uh, with respect to people coming over there?
2: Yeah, no, I've got a, I've got, I've got a, a, a couple of great stories. Um, one which my, my kind of father-in-law, Patrick O'Connor, um, told me, which is a Trump story um where in 2006 um Patrick and John were fishing off a boat in Kerry and uh and they had a they had a phone call from uh from Donald Trump speaking directly to uh, to Patrick and um he said uh, I'd I'd like to buy the old head and uh Patrick said to him well you can't afford it Donald and uh, he said, what do you mean, I can't, I can't afford it? And he said, well, it's not for sale, therefore you can't afford it. <laughs> so so, <laughs> so that went down well. But uh, but Patrick's not one to be obstructive or arrogant. He's certainly not like that at all. He's just, you know, he values it. If you sold the old head, you know, you'd, you'd get... Why would you want to sell it? It's the most, You would never get anywhere like it ever again. But what he did do was he actually then pointed um Donald Trump in the direction of the menia estate um which a friend of his owned um up in Scotland in Aberdeen and um and had his friend take uh, take Donald Trump's guys up to this mean estate and and from that um yeah trump aberdeen was born so uh, so that's I, I find that quite a, quite a cool story
1: <laughs> indeed and good for him for not selling I appreciate exactly that. Exactly.
2: No, it's 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 the 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 not for sale situation. yes There's uh, there's just you know you would never get anywhere as uh, as magical as this place again. And we hope that you get here, Chris, in the in the not too distant to see to see for yourself.
1: Yeah. No kidding. It's definitely on my bucket list of places to come and play and and take a look at. I appreciate that very much. Brent, before we let you go, let our listeners know. How can they find out more information about Old Head and, uh, and potentially book their visit to come see it?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, as you said before, um, if you go to www.oldhead.com, there's uh, there's some nice imagery on there. There's uh, there's a little video piece that you can see on there, and direct contacts to our kind of reservations department, just a click-on situation um, and inquiries um, facility if you like, um, together with our kind of rates. So yeah, no. Please, please do. Please have a look at the website. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. It'll give you details of our suites and uh, and kind of where we're going in the future as I spoke. It's a, bit, it's a very exciting time at the moment and uh, we'll be in a, a situation in the not too distant where we can certainly look after a lot more people um, in Old Head accommodation.
1: And Brett, what about uh, on social media? How can they follow Old Head and everything you guys are doing and stay up to date that way as well?
2: Yeah, no, um, right now we kind of put a bit of stuff on um, on Facebook um, so you can get updates through that. And, um, yeah, the other social media aspects, were just kind of really building building at the moment.
1: Well, Brent, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your afternoon over there to, to be a part of the show. It's been a real pleasure having you. I hope you'll come back, keep us updated on everything that's going on there as you talk about as things expand and you add on and you do more things. We'd sure like to stay up to date with all of that.
2: No, absolutely. No, thanks for thinking of us. And uh, no, it's been a pleasure. Definitely. Let's keep in touch. Indeed.
1: Brent, thank you so much. All the best to you and your family. Look forward to catching up with you again real soon.
2: Okay. Likewise. Cheers, Chris. And uh, yeah, no, please do get over here. Just let me know and
1: we'll, uh, we'll set you up. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Take care, Brent. Okay. Cheers. That was my conversation with Brent Dornford of Old Head Golf Links. Again, oldhead.com is the website. And give him a follow on Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. When you see the pictures, folks, I'm telling you, you're going to be just as blown away as I was. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to take a listen to this show. As always, folks, we appreciate you all the very most. Join me again Tuesday night when my guests will be two of the top instructors in the game, Kelly Stenzel and my regular guest, Tom Patry, plus golf course designer, Trip Davis, as well. Folks, we're looking forward to having another great show then, and we hope you'll be a part of it with me. Until then, hit them straight, my friends